This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Mr. Bansell, uh, Moderna recently paid NIH $400 million. Do you believe it creates a conflict of interest for the government employees who are making money now off of the vaccine to also be dictating the policy about how many times we have to take the vaccine? Good morning, Senator. Uh, indeed, we recently made, a, before Christmas last year, a $400 million payment to the NIH for uh, an old patent that they had developed, not related to COVID, but useful in the development of a COVID vaccine uh, to, to prevent for their work. Uh, it's for the U.S. government to assess how that money should be Do you think be used. it creates a conflict of interest for the same people deciding the policy of how often we have to take the vaccine to also be making money the more times we take the vaccine? Yes it, or no? This is for the government to decide. Senator. You have no opinion on whether or not it creates a conflict of interest. Is there a higher interest or a higher incidence of myocarditis among adolescent males 16 to 24 after taking your vaccine? So thank you for the question, Senator. First, let me say we care deeply about safety and we're working closely to, with the CDC and the FDA to Pretty get- Pretty much a yes or no. Is there a higher incidence of myocarditis among boys 16 to 24 after they take your vaccine? The data I've shown actually, I've seen, sorry, from the CDC actually shown that there's less myocarditis for people who get the vaccine versus who get COVID infection. You're, you're saying that for ages 16 to 24 among males who take the COVID vaccine, their risk of myocarditis is less than people who get the disease. That is my understanding. That Senator. is not true. And I'd like to enter into the record six peer-reviewed papers from the Journal of Vaccine, the Annals of Medicine that say the complete opposite of what you say. I also spoke with your president just last week and he readily acknowledged in private that yes, there is an increased risk of myocarditis. The fact that you can't say it in public is quite disturbing. Do you think it's scientifically sound to mandate three vaccines for adolescent boys? This is for the public health leaders to decide, Senator. You've been advocating for it. You've been interviewed, and you've been advocating for boosters. Do you know when the myocarditis is most common among these adolescent boys? After the second dose. When I spoke with your president, he readily acknowledged in private, yeah, that maybe there ought to be a discussion whether we ought to have one vaccine versus two versus three. If 90% of the myocarditis comes after the second dose, why don't we have a rational discussion about one? Marty McCary, a physician from Johns Hopkins, has said exactly the same thing. It's been discussed, and yet we have this ridiculous notion from the CDC. So the CDC says, and I'll ask you this question. Let's start it as a question. Your 16-year-old's had COVID. Your 16-year-old gets better and now has recovered from COVID. You vaccinate them, and they get myocarditis. Are you going to give them two more vaccines? Your child, give them two more vaccines? I'm not a clinician. I will have to discuss. You have children. I do. Have you vaccinated your children? I have. How many times? Three or four times. Three or four times. 
We so the CDC recommends this, and you know, you're obviously someone who's self-interested in the outcome here. But the CDC says that if your 15, 16-year-old gets COVID, recovers, takes a vaccine, and gets myocarditis, is hospitalized with elevated heart enzymes, and is very sick, the CDC says as soon as he gets better, vaccinate him again. You know how many American parents think that that's a rational, reasonable thing to do? Do you know how many countries don't do this for children? Uh, Sweden doesn't offer the vaccine for kids under 12 unless they're at risk for severe disease. And I agree with that. I'm not saying never on any of this. I think it's a very reasonable position to say kids at risk or have some diseases that there may be a reason for vaccinating some children. Finland doesn't recommend it for under 12 months. Norway also. England as well. France, Poland, Germany, Switzerland, and all vaccinate 12 and up. So we got half the world who have looked at these studies. There's a study in Israel of thousands of patients, and yet you sit here and act as if you've never heard of myocarditis, and you don't think it's an increased risk for young adolescent males, when all of the studies who isolate out people by age have found that, yes, there's an increased risk after taking your vaccine. Pfizer, too, but worse with Moderna. There's an increased risk, Senator. I was comparing it to somebody who gets COVID. Well, that's also not true either. But there's an increased risk of getting it. But even when they compare it to the disease, there are many papers out there who do, that do show that there's more of a risk of myocarditis after vaccination. So you have to weigh the risk and balances. And you are right. You're going to make less money because you're going to try. And they're already trying. The CDC's got it on their schedule. They're going to try to force all the kids in America to do this through school. But guess what? Parents aren't going to do it. They've seen that COVID is not deadly in children, and you're right. It's become less deadly over time. Your market's going down, so you aren't going to make as much money. I'm all for you making money in an honest way, but I don't like the idea that the people making the decisions in government are also receiving money and are now conflicted in their interest. Thank you, Senator Paulson. How is it that Dr. Fauci is still with the NIH? The man's a publicity hound. The man is only interested in money. Money? I understand that. Anthony Fauci developed COVID-19 in 2014. Please have Dr. Fauci explain this to Americans why he sold it yeah. to the Chinese to use against us. So I think he's a little psycho, don't you? Psycho. Did this on purpose. Biden won now so you guys can play your game and stop doing this big pandemic. We the people are going to find him. We're going to rip his little hat off and <laughs> down his neck. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Have so a day. It, it is interesting, um, troublesome, and sad the extraordinary degree of divisiveness that we have in society. Somebody who can look I don't at. Think, I don't think we're. I, I, I don't think we're divided. Any. I don't. I'm not sure we're divided. Uh, by the way, so it is uh, the 22nd, 22 March, year of our Lord, 2023. It is Wednesday, and I wanted to mix it up. You know, I was going to come back and start with all the stuff in New York. The New York Post is breaking stories about the grand jury and disarray. But as I've said, we can't take time away from the important signal, stories about signal and what is really going on in the world and what most impacts your life and the life of the nation to play these games with the administration. Say, we are going to get into this later and do it, but. So we'll get you up to speed on everything. Um, Naomi, first, I have a, a, a question. Yale, you just heard Rand Paul. You know, the only thing I think I'd rather see than, than Dr. Rand Paul 
going with these executives or affectionately these guys is to see Natalie Winters and Naomi Wolf if they were up there as the Grand Inquisitors asking your questions. The people, at, at young men at Yale, are, are young men at Yale still mandated? You heard that exchange right there. Are they still mandated to take this vaccine? I'm not saying that you can take a religious exemption, or, but is there overall a mandate from, from, from the hollowed halls of Yale to force vaccinations on these kids? Um, so the audio is a little difficult for me, um, letting your producers know, but I think I heard you ask if young men at Yale are still being mandated to take these vaccines. And the answer, as of my last um, information about this, the start of spring semester was yes, they can only get out of it um, if they get a religious exemption. And uh, religious exemptions had been until the focus that we all put on Yale um, just around Christmas and after uh virtually impossible to get. So to my knowledge, President Salovey has not rescinded the mandate. It's not just young men, it's young women being forced to take the bivalent vaccine. And may I just say, just to go back to campus, um, just to not lose the $30,000 their parents paid for the previous semester. Um, you know, Stéphane Bancel was flat out lying. And I'm glad that uh, Senator Paul told him and told America that he was lying about myocarditis. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Hang on one second. We're going to get this. Tell the audience who that guy is. We had a Chiron, but I want you I want you to set it up. Tell it who is. This is an incredibly important Senate hearing. Who was that individual we were seeing? And then you can walk through. Obviously, Rand Paul's like you. He's got all the details. He's got all the when he asks a question, he already knows what the correct answer should be. Who is that individual? Why is he important? And why is he sitting there in front of a, a Senate inquiry on the vaccine this late in the game, ma'am? This late in the day, exactly. Well, that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is Stéphane Bancel, who is the CEO, to my knowledge, of Moderna. And Moderna is a company that had not had a single success until um, they whacked together this mRNA injection, which basically uses the same technology of the Pfizer injection that we've been exposing um, with your help. And so he's answering questions about um, the weaponization, basically, of this injection, the economics of it, and, and why he's been advocating for it to be mandated and boosted into people who are at statistically insignificant risk for serious uh, outcomes from COVID, but who have statistically horrific outcomes um, after having been injected with this murderous injection. And what I was just going to hold up in this amazing reference is that um, our Dr. Chris Flowers in uh, in March of 2022, published a report showing that Pfizer, and again, Moderna uses the same technology, knew as of June of 2021, so like two years ago, that the uh, injections had damaged the hearts of 35 um, minors. So, and it was only four months later that there was a press release uh, released by our government. So basically, Rand Paul is asking, I think he could ask it even more aggressively, it's not just that six peer-reviewed studies show that there's elevated risk of myocarditis, which is very serious heart damage in otherwise perfectly healthy young men. Um, but in fact, uh, there have been studies showing that for, for over two years um, in a timeline prior to our government, Stefan Bancel, 
uh, Moderna's CEO, uh, the CDC, uh, the White House, all saying inject the children, inject the young adults, inject the, the, the college students, mandate the college students. Um, they knew that college students were at vanishingly non-existent risk of serious outcomes from COVID and severe outcomes, including um, heart transplants and heart damage and, and early death um, from, from, from this injection. And by the way, now we know the mechanism. Uh, the heart is damaged from um, everything from spike proteins to the tendency of the lipid nanoparticles to, to aggregate um, in the bloodstream. So we, we know that you're taking the hearts of perfectly healthy young men and young women and creating a, an environment in their bodies that, that damages damages their their cardiac health and hang on hang on hang on hang on for I, I want to make sure the audience that I understand it so hopefully the audience can understand it also although the audience is oftentimes far ahead of where I am on, on these topics um, if and I want to make sure I just understand this we you have done with the War Room Posse volunteers and the lawyers and Amy Kelly's coordination, your coordination, you guys, guys have gone through a, a, a vast store of information. That's the company's internal, basically, documents, correct? Essentially. And what they knew about the research and things were going on, correct? Roughly? That, yes. th what that, that huge is book is, is, is reports. Yes. What Rand Paul is talking about, what Rand Paul is talking about, in addition to that, there's six independent peer reviews that looked at other data sets, either did their own, not experimentation, but looked at other data sets and came to the same conclusion as, as, your, as the reports that you're pulling together from inside Pfizer's own studies. Am I correct in this? Yes, that's absolutely correct. But at least six. I mean, that's that's de minimis. Um, I mean, there was recently a study in Thailand of hundreds of Thai youths that showed a third of them, I believe, had markers for elevated problems with their hearts, um, you know, post mRNA injection. I mean, there's no question by now. And again, like the the FDA issued a press release in August of 2021, warning parents after four months of propaganda, telling parents to inject their kids, uh, acknowledging that there was um, cardiac damage, uh, myocarditis and pericarditis, elevated risk. So this is well established. It's been acknowledged by our own criminals, right? Our own criminal syndicate ha had to you know, issue a press release saying, well, in fact, it raises the risk of your uh, child, your adolescent, your young adult getting heart damage. Um, so st the fact that Stefan Bancel thought it was okay to just flat out lie, I mean, he's in such a bubble of lies, he had no shame in thinking he could, you know, pull a fast one past the American people and their representatives. When okay, it's, it's but, 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 but yeah. it's easy, it's easy to put, pull it by Steve Bannon and many of the war room posse, although look at this other John size because we, we don't know, we're, we're just civilians that have other things to do in our lives. We just, we listen to these experts. Here's what I really don't get, and, and I, I don't mean to pick on Yale because you were at Yale and, and led this protest to try to get it, but Yale, correct me if I'm wrong, right, it has one of the most revered schools of public health, not just in the country, in the world, top two or three most revered schools of public health. So it's not, it's and, there, and that's not staffed by the Warren Posse or Steve Bannon. That's topped by the most brilliant people in public health. How could they see the press release? 
How could they know, because you've been promulgating this stuff all the time, how could they see the six or more peer-reviewed journals, and how can they still mandate, unless a parent has a kid, all of a sudden have a religious conversion, right, or do something else that's not quite by the rules, but they got to do it because they got to do it. How can Yale, that has the Yale School of Public Health as one of its colleges or schools, mandate this in January, February, March of 2023. The the problem we have here is not just this vaccine and not just this Moderna and not just this. This is to the heart of what the problem here in this country and that the institutions somehow are not providing the same functions that they've done from the beginning when they were founded back in the 18th, 19th and earliest 20th century by generations that came before us that understood what it meant, right, to have these institutions that would be foundational elements of the greatest republic in mankind's history. This is the beating heart of it. So not to make another analogy, but how can that happen? That's why I don't, you know, we've had these great doctors on from from Yale that have, you know, Harvey Rush and these are said, I don't know what's going on with colleagues, but this is so in your face. How can they not see the six studies? How can they not see the what you're putting out? How can they not see the press release? How can they not know about the Thai study? And how can they sit there like authoritarian and say, no, if you want to return to this thing that you've worked your ass off since you were three years old to get to, you must get vaccinated and boosters, ma'am. Okay, so the thing you said about um, our institutions not performing the same functions that they did a generation ago is is 100% correct, and Yale is a perfect example. I mean, I was absolutely mystified when I went there that they were mandating this uh, injection that had been um, perfected on eight mice uh, on perfectly healthy young adults. And then I, I looked into the money flow, and Yale at this point gets more from HHS uh, then it gets from tuition. It gets $600 million from HHS um, in the last calendar year, and it got only $450 million from tuition. So it's literally, um, it doesn't care. It doesn't have to care about the students the way it has to care about doing the bidding of the permanent deep state healthcare establishment, essentially. In addition, Pfizer set up a facility at Yale for $34 million that had some beds in it. So they're they're funding Yale. And President Salovey, after all of this national scrutiny of how they're mandating the kids, trafficking the kids' bodies, according to Connecticut law about human trafficking, he basically issued a, a letter to the community and to the world saying, in 2023, Yale's going to be focused on vaccines. So basically, the oh, oh, and there's one more piece of evidence that's so important. Um, I think Dr. Malone surfaced this, but it's a document showing, um, and I believe that it's been independently verified, that there is an organization by fostered by the World Economic Forum, of course, of presidents of major universities. On that list are Yale University, Princeton University, also Oxford University, which originated the AstraZeneca vaccine and took hundreds of millions from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Cambridge University. Um, so. And, and and many Chinese universities. So these are like the flower of Western civilization has been bought out um, by the same evildoers who have this tiny, tight circle of money flow um, that I described the last time I spoke with you. And let us also note that the $400 million in royalties going to NHS 
from Moderna, right? It's a circle, right? Like Moderna gets the check from the government. The government gives a cut back to NHS in royalties. Well, I'm very surprised that um, Senator Paul didn't uh, subpoena or demand to see what those royalties are because I told all of you, I told America on Tucker Carlson in 2021 that Dr. Fauci does not work for us. And I've said here, and I've said on Tucker Carlson's program everywhere I could that we need to look at his royalties because RFK Jr. points out that Dr. Fauci has eight patents. So if you only get a royalty if someone uses the thing, right? Moderna can't just give NIH a check for $400 million for royalties unless there are billions of units, right, of the thing that of which the royalties add up to $400 million, right? A royalty is just a percentage of a sale or of a unit. Um, so you can't just write a blank check and say it's royalties or that's an even more giant criminal act or act of fraud. So what we've got to know is it is Dr. Fauci getting royalties? We know he is. We know you can get up to $150,000 a year if you're an NIH employee with a patent. And we know that he's got eight patents in HIV injections. We know his wife sits on the ethics committee for the NIH, so she'll rubber stamp all the money flow to Dr. Fauci. So literally, we're one step away from seeing the whole circle that you and I discussed uh, yesterday and the day before in which China and Dr. Fauci are like this, Dr. Berica, Dr. Daszak, um, the, the, the money goes then from the captured White House to Moderna and to Pfizer. Uh, they, you know, Dr. Fauci gets a kickback. Um, Moderna gets to make more money than they've ever seen in their lives. So does uh, Pfizer. All of us get disabled. That suits the Chinese Communist Party really well, or we die, or we're infertile. Um, and, and it's just a complete circle. Um, and, and the people who are behind the lab leak, the suppression of treatments, the vaccines are all the same people. And in this case, getting one $400 million check at Christmas. We don't know of how many. It could be every month. It could be every quarter. You know, we don't know if there is a $400 million check going to them, you know, every six weeks. We we literally don't know. It's the first mention. Oh, I, to, I just happened to give him a $400 million the, the, the check. Um, you know, the most, the most disturbing, the most disturbing of this, the buried lead of this is that and you just laid out how all, cause we're not talking about Yale qua Yale. We're talking about Yale as a bigger, as a massive major institution, foundational element of our public health system. But when you just ticked off every great university in the world, essentially, right. Yeah. Th- particularly for medicine and public health. Cause at the beginning, one of the things that the universities were with the leaders back in the 18th and 19th century of uh, of uh, of medicine and that's one of the foundational elements besides being schools of theology it was to be schools of medicine what was most disturbing in that is that the guy knew because he'd been prepped they got brilliant lawyers they've been prepped they he knew about the studies he knew where Rand paul was going to go with this questioning he would sit there and lie bald-faced lie and not and, and not even have any kind of reaction to it the 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 the, the Pharma, healthcare, industrial complex is now so out of control. It's it's far more serious. I keep telling people in this in this town, big tech and big pharma are far more dangerous than the arms industry, which is dangerous enough. Yeah, and these guys, the arrogance of these guys. They just had a senator who knows this stuff, Rand Paul, asking questions that he knew Rand Paul had the receipts. 
And he right. sits there, and that's why Rand Paul started to get frustrated. He will look you in the eye under oath and lie to you and just say, hey, it's just another day at the office. Naomi, we've got a couple of minutes. Give me your assessment of that, because now I think we've entered dangerous territory. Uh, well, you're not going to like my assessment of it. I mean, he definitely did that. He lied under oath. Uh, there's no question at all. Um, he knew he was lying under oath. I guess my my question to you, I mean, I'm going to put it back in, in your court. Why aren't the Republicans moving ahead on, you know, beyond I, theater? I mean, why aren't these people do you the Do you think, this is your area of expertise, do you think that they're, first of all, they're minority in the, in the Senate, but even in the House, do you, are you seeing the type of action that you think you need to see in order to bring this industry to heal and actually get real meaningful information out to the American people? Ma'am. I didn't quite hear the end of your question, but I recognize that the Republicans are a minority in the Senate. Um, I just feel like even Rand Paul could move from outrage to just spelling out what the legal implications are of lying. No, no, but they're not. But they're not. They're not. Out, they're not in minority in the House. Are they doing enough in the House where they have power? Are they using this power the way they need to? Because this is maybe one of the toughest enemies we have internally is big pharma and big right. tech. Are right. they using that power to the level of smash mouths they need to bring an arrogant guy like this to heal? No, I would say categorically not. I mean, it's nice to see the Twitter evildoers being made uncomfortable, but now what has happened to them? To my knowledge, nothing. Um, it's great to see Stéphane Bancel called out in a lie, but um, respectfully, I think Senator Paul should have gone in there uh, with, I mean, he has he has access to it, surely, um, you know, with the royalties. To whom did they go? You know, that's his government now, right? That That's his agency. Um, who were the scientists, the, the NIH? How much money did they make? Did, did Dr. Fauci make money? Did Dr. Burks make money? Did Dr. Collins make money? I mean, all of these things should have been asked and answered prior to this important televised hearing. And certainly the uh, the implications, the follow up should be spelled out and messaged to the American people much more clearly than they are. If I were Stéphane Bancel, I would think, OK, well, that was uncomfortable. But, you know, the this will go into the black hole. Legacy media won't cover it. I'll be fine. Uh, Naomi, we got to bounce. But tell me the book. Uh, how do people get the book? The book's hurtling up the bestseller list. Let's see it. How, how do people get it? How do people follow you? I just so have great. to show everyone it. I'm so excited for this day and I'm so thrilled um, for this day, which would never have happened without the Warren Posse. Go to Amazon. We sold out our first printing in 48 hours. Yeah. Thanks to you all. Thanks to you, Mr. Bannon and to your wonderful team. So go to Amazon, Pfizer documents analysis reports, put this in the face of those evildoers so that they can't lie anymore and they're held accountable. What's your what's your what's your Twitter feed now that you're back up? It's uh, Dr. Naomi R. Wolf. It's Naomi R. Wolf on Getter. It's DailyClout.io, and um, yeah, and it's my Substack. So thank you so thank so much. Big great. Day. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify? 
the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viracleanse, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness-causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viracleanse is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy-inflaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay prior. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business church, or nonprofit, and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. 
The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we've got um, a lot of stuff to get to, and we'll get to Joel in a second. I just want to get you up to date. First off, there's total chaos in New York right now with the AG, and of course, uh, mainstream media, MSNBC, or maybe I should say left-wing media, MSNBC and CNN are complete meltdown over over because they were so sure this afternoon they were getting an indictment on president trump and you know getting perp walked on friday or maybe on monday that ain't happening and there's a lot of consternation about what's actually going on. of course it's a completely made up case right and even judges are, are saying it's ridiculous there's also a firestorm in federal court right now in new york excuse me in washington dc uh, about this entire mar-a-lago situation trying to get you know president trump's lawyers uh, to testify in this, this is, you know, they've had overnight forced them to do a, a, like a one day, get your papers ready for appeals. There's something as we had Mike Davis on the last hour, something very, very strange going on here. And uh, Chief Justice Roberts, that's the court that reports to him. So there's going to be a lot in play there. We were going to have Boris on, but they're obviously in and out of lawyer meetings nonstop. We'll pick up on that story tomorrow. And, and like I said, I, I hate diverting time for it, but it is the administrative state coming after President Trump. What it's doing is galvanizing the nation. I can tell you that the polling has been nothing short of just unbelievable. I think Governor DeSantis really hurt himself last week with that namby-pamby, um, you know, when he came out at that uh, press conference or whatever it was with the planet question uh, and, 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 you know, saying the things he said about Stormy Daniels and the president. I think people, after waiting the whole weekend, people were just sitting there going, that's not uh, that's not good enough. Also, Piers Morgan, this interview with Piers Morgan, very disturbing for a guy. Remember, we don't have time for on-the-job training, and and here he's walked right into the Biden narrative of Putin as a war criminal. Uh, if you want to get a solution to the Ukraine, if you want to stop the slaughter of the Ukrainian people, if you want to, you know, somehow get this in a place that people can get to a table and start talking, you can't designate people as war criminals beforehand it's it's just absurd and shows a lack of maturity and a lack of really understanding how historical and war processes uh work we didn't designate uh the nazis as war criminals before we defeated them we didn't designate the imperial general staff as war criminals before we defeated them we defeated them first and then you go through the process of were there crimes against humanity that took place or war crimes that took place you let the, the process, you know, let the process run its course. Uh, I just think that DeSantis is showing himself, and I think he's been a very good governor. I've always been very complimentary of being a governor. Um, I just think he's shown himself in the last couple of weeks, and I think he's damaged himself much farther than 24. I, I think there are going to be real questions. Does he have the discernment? Does he have the judgment? Does he have the toughness? Does he have the experience, right? Can he, because the difference between being a governor and being president is the, the thing of scale right off scale so um the the other things that are going on they're vastly important that we just don't even have enough time to get to and that's why we carved out so much time right there these hearings are going on capitol hill about the vaccine about the mandates about all of it right we got to get to the bottom of the wuhan lab you got to get to the bottom of the bioweapons program that went on about who's responsible who's accountable and you got to get to the bottom of this vaccine 
in addition, you got the entire, you got the Biden family, the crime family payments. I mean, I've never seen a situation where you actually had the bank records up there on a big screen and the mainstream media doesn't want to address it. The Biden family is on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party. That, it can't even be a question. Even James Comer and some of these uh, types that are not fire breathers are sitting there and shocked by what they're seeing as far as the, the Biden family involvement with a, not just a hostile power, a power that's an existential threat to the country and to the citizens of the United States. The last, the two other things is the, is the, is the, this uh, meeting in, um, in uh, Moscow, which is one of the thing, one of the meetings and one of the arrangements and what's coming out of there is going to have an impact on your life, your children's life and your grandchildren's life for decades and decades and decades. And not just geopolitically and militarily and for the country's security, but also for the country's finances. The number one thing coming out of there was Putin saying, I'm going to start doing all my transactions and convert them into a Chinese yuan, which is their currency. Uh, this is huge. Remember, their number one focus with their partners in Tehran, with now the Saudis, with the Iraqis, all this, they're getting rid of petrodollars and going to petro yuan. That is a game changer. I have argued this for years. And over the last year with Birch Gold, we, we actually started putting together the end of the dollar empire. Now, look, there's all types of obligations that come with being the, being the prime reserve currency, of being the world's reserve currency, like the British had with the British pound. Uh, and, and that's not all easy. And sometimes it, it gets you into things that maybe you don't want to get into. But if you're going to not become the prime reserve currency, that is a long process of conscious decisions you make not to do that, not to have it for, foisted on you. And right now we're not in the financial shape. If we were not the prime reserve currency, our entire economy and, and capital structure and, and finance would be totally upside down. But it's being forced on us because of decisions of people like Jay Powell, of people like Janet Yellen, of people like Joe Biden and this illegitimate regime. And so there's not even enough time uh, to go through all that because part of it we got to divert to this clown show that's going on in New York City and the, and the, and the deeper clown show that's going on around this uh, grand jury in Washington, D.C. that's going after President Trump for everything. You have to ask yourself, if the people have caused this chaos and caused this disorder, is their number one thing, instead of trying to solve the underlying problems they created, because this is all self-created, uh, is to go after Donald Trump? What does that say about it? Is, was it, is it Donald Trump's fault of, of where the economy is today? Is it Donald Trump's fault of where the Federal Reserve and interest rates are today? Is it Donald Trump's fault uh, about uh, this, the Legion of Doom that is now coming together between Persia and China? In, uh, in Russia, Pakistan, and others. President Trump's whole work was to keep those separate, put pressure on China to start to break the CCP and to bring our jobs home in the process. So you have to ask yourself, besides the vaccine, the other biggest story, because I think at the end of the day, this is, we're not just hurling towards the singularity, the age of AI is clearly upon us. And I want to get to, can I tell you what, let's play, I want to play the cuts. If Memphis can, let's play the cuts and I want to bring our own Joe Allen in. This is so disturbing that I want to make sure you see it. We have played parts of this before. I want to make sure you see it, and then we'll bring Joe in to, uh, to, uh, to uh, give us observations. Memphis, can you go ahead and play the cuts? What do you think happens to humanity? And so I think there's almost like three ages to, to mankind, or to compute, right? Up until recently, almost all compute was human. And then now we're in kind of this mixed era. And then we're probably going to move into an era where most of the compute in terms of the actual impact of the world is going to be completely driven by machines. We're kind of in this transition phase. Do you think AGI eventually subsumes us? Are we, is, is biology just a bootloader for a future machine intelligence? Certainly the future will be like, and what 
humans do and how we spend our time and you know what is made available to us will be really quite different but that's been the case for a kind of like life before and after every technological revolution in history um i do think this one is going to be the biggest one ever but i suspect that's a mistake and it's just each one gets bigger and there will be something like far more huge on the other side that we can't like think about trying to think about artificial intelligence before the computer revolution would be like before the industrial revolution at least that would have been tough but do you think it's a um, technological leap or do you think it's a shift in terms of introducing a new species that's competing with us because it seems like at some point you hit a transition i think if we're in any world where it's like a us versus them situation that's quite bad and we just shouldn't go there which i think means some version of emerge at least for some of us um or as my co-founder Ilya likes to say, you know, we just we build an AGI that really loves humanity. I do suspect that even if we think like the merge is good and a lot of people are going to do that really long term, there will be many people who don't want to. I think human drives will sort of be remarkably the same as they have been for tens of thousands of years. And there will be like, I don't know, maybe it's like an exclusion zone or something where if you want to like, you know, live the like no AGI life on Earth, you do that. And if you want to merge and go off, explore the stars, you do that. Okay, uh, we don't have the what we had boot up this morning. Maybe we get back to that again uh, tomorrow, Joe. But this is uh, tell me what we just saw. So, Steve, that's uh, Sam Altman, uh, OpenAI's CEO. Uh, actually, and if uh, Memphis uh, just want, wants to ready be ready to roll on it, uh, we'll have a, another clip for you in just a second, uh, Bill Gates. But. So what we just saw is Sam Altman talking about the future of artificial intelligence, which is something that he's he was very careful to discuss on ABC, uh, which we covered last night. And it was what he's saying there is that we are at the inflection point that the sort of singularity community talks about, that the uh, people who are warning about artificial super intelligence are yes, talking about. And he's also discussing the, you know, what the solution is. If you have super intelligent artificial intelligence, or if you have an whoa, artificial... Whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Stop. You don't bury the lead. Because mm-hmm. I got to go back. This is so important. We have been, and this is what I've been warning people about. There's things happening in these companies. There's things happening in the weapons labs. There's things happening in the research universities. Of the whole singularity, which is quantum computing and regenerative robotics and CRISPR and nanotechnology and biotechnology, of all the different elements that converge for the, the true singularity and AI being a part of that, we are so much farther ahead than it's being let on. And so I just want to hit rewind for a second and go to this because this was the key thing. When he says inflection point, he says an inflection point already with AI. Well, hold it, dude. Chat GTPT is within, we are, we are within 100 days of when it was released to Davos, man. This is my point, is that it is the acceleration at an accelerating pace. What's already, in, and now you've got Google's going to turn their entire business model over to surging these guys and his other founder came off the beach to go back to work. Uh, uh, Zuckerberg has just let go. He's blown, his biggest thing was to pivot to metaverse. Metaverse, forget about metaverse. There'll still be a metaverse. Forget about it. We're all AI. Bill Gates, the agent Gates, uh, agent AI, he said all Microsoft's going to be this. 
These are massive companies that that run the intellectual property run it all today. And what's all been saying is what I have been I have feared for been fearing for a while. Oh yeah, we're at a flexion point because what people are talking about is going to take decades to get to. We're here today, and it's going. To, if we're not here today, you're going to be here pretty quickly because we're within a hundred days of when this just got released to the to the public. Joe Allen, please tell me where I'm wrong, there, brother. I, I, unfortunately, I don't have any good news on that front, uh, other than the you know human beings have always muddled through whatever the problem, and I'm sure that we will continue to do so. But when you talk about just something as simple as the large language model, which is actually, I believe, going to be a huge impact going forward, the chat or the GPT four that they just released, they've been that was basically ready to roll last year. They're just now releasing it. GPT-5 is right behind it. And then, of course, as we've discussed, Google, Meta, uh, Baidu, Gab, Elon Musk, all these people are starting to jump into that game and and push it forward. But there are all these other types of artificial intelligence that you've got everything from uh, simulation modeling, uh, whether it be for engineering or social modeling. You've got, uh, you know, everything from like protein modeling to uh, the, the, the kind of battlefield surveillance and pattern recognition in communications. So the goal, what Sam Altman's talking about there, the goal is artificial general intelligence. That's the, the open, that's the stated goal at OpenAI. And that will be just de facto a super intelligence, right? The, it just, you have a system that is faster than a human being. Its scope is broader than a human being. And its memory is basically indefinite. And so I was surprised reading Bill Gates' uh, recent post, uh, The Age of AI Has Begun. You know, uh, he, he tacks it at the bottom, but he basically says superintelligence is on the way. Uh, and what he means by that is artificial general intelligence. And it's something that, you know, Gates is a friend of Ray Kurzweil's. But he's always expressed a lot of skepticism towards these ideas. He's always kind of held back. Like many people in AI now, he's kind of he's coming out the other end saying that he sees something like a singularity. That wasn't his words exactly, but, you know, he, he referenced in his blog post, Bill Gates, right? He references two books, two books that we've discussed on the show for two years now. The, the one being super intelligent. And the other one is Joe. Joe, hang on for one second. Obviously, this is important, and we're going to have you back on the morning show, but just hang on right there because we have breaking news coming. (laughs) Man, this upsets me knowing we got to pivot to this, but we have to. Just hang right there. I got Boris Epstein joining us uh, from uh, Florida. Uh, Boris, there's an explosion on on the internet now about a letter that's exculpatory. And they've they've can they've canceled the the grand juries. What, tell us what exactly is going on, Steve. What's going on is this. Honor to be with you. Honor to be with the posse. What's going on is this. Is that the Manhattan from what from what is being reported? The Manhattan DA is in total meltdown. There's complete dissension internally, and there's dissension between the DA and the grand jury. They canceled the grand jury meeting. This is all according to public reports. But here's the bottom line: the letter just went out from uh, from I believe. Uh, the president's attorneys, and the the letter's been public, that was originally sent by Michael Cohn's attorney, McDermott, Will and Emery, to the Federal Election Commission, specifically saying, specifically and directly saying, 
that Michael Cohen acted on his own volition. There was no involvement with president, from President Trump whatsoever. It's, it's completely exculpatory, and it's a game-ender. It ends this already joke of a hoax of a case that has been targeted against President Trump. This letter is a bombshell. It's out everywhere. Daily Mail has it. It's from, it's from McDermott, Will, and Emery as Michael Cohen's counsel, Michael Cohen's attorneys, in 2018 to the FEC Federal Election Commission, again, saying that Michael Cohen acted fully and completely on his own volition. Okay. But, but Boris, here's the thing. This letter is from 2018. This, the people have known this. How, how, did the, how did the DA take the whole world into, down this rat hole or the sinkhole and, and, not, and not have this letter? I mean, this letter is very exculpatory. How could that possibly happen, sir? Okay, I think we just lost Boris with the bad connection. Let's see if we can get him rebooted on. Okay. Um, Steve, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Hey, hey Boris. Yeah, Boris, Boris, we totally lost you. So you guys take it from the top. Hit it again. What I'm saying is it's three letters. It's T, T, and S. Trump derangement syndrome. President Trump is the only leader right now leading the American people. President Trump is the only one standing between America and its complete downfall, and he's dominating by 40 points in all the polling. The Democrats see this, they know it, they're trying to bring him down with these hoaxes, and they're failing, epically failing in, with the Manhattan DA, failing New York AG hoax, Georgia, failing with the quote-unquote special counsel. President Trump and his team are dominating all across the board, and they're doing it for the American people. But Boris, is this? Are they taking a back seat because they got exculpatory evidence? DA in New York is clearly a disaster. Are they stepping back here because the Mar-a-Lago thing is picked up, including you got appeals court meeting in the middle of the night, which nobody's ever heard of? What's going on in the, on this Mar-a-Lago thing? Do they think they got a better chance to get their hooks in President Trump that way? And they're just telling the DA in New York, "You're so incompetent, just back off." Steve, I can't talk about certain of those uh, proceedings, deliberations, but let me tell you this: absolutely not. President Trump has did everything correctly and by the book in all of these undertakings, all these fronts. And no, I think the Manhattan DA is acting uh, you know, independently and hope maybe with some direction from others saying, hey, this is ludicrous. The Financial Times, you know, the liberal Bible is saying don't do this. And you've got Joe Manchin saying don't do this. You've got liberal outlets calling on that hoax to, to be put to an end. And I think that's causing a ton of disarray and a ton of problems. The New York Post reporting that assistant district attorneys are shaking their heads at this witch hunt, which should end now, especially after this latest exculpatory evidence. Now, two of Michael Cohen's prior lawyers, both Bob Costello, for whom he signed an attorney-client waiver, and McDermott, Will, and Emery, for which he signed a waiver, now all saying that Michael Cohen is a liar, and he lied, and he acted on his own volition. Uh, Boris, is Judge Roberts going to step in as this uh, as a supervisor, supervisory Supreme Court justice on this situation with the appeals process in in uh, Washington, D.C.? Or is the president going to go to the Supreme Court and look for a ruling from them since the appeals court looks like they're going to come out on the side of uh, Jack Smith, sir? Steve, again, can't, I can't get into the specific deals because uh, whoever's leaking this, it's all under seal. They're committing a actually a huge violation by doing so. But here's what I will say. President Trump is going to continue to fight for the Constitution, continue to fight for the American people. And he also President Trump did everything by the book, did everything correctly, and he's got absolutely nothing to hide. Uh, Boris, uh, Mike Davis said the exact same thing at the start of the 5 o'clock show. How do people get to you on social media, brother? Thanks so much for having my information. Uh, the website is BorisCP.com. Set up right now at BorisCP.com. How do I get her at BorisCP? Twitter at BorisCP. 
How them two social boards and how to program boards on the scrub side. Stay strong. God bless. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Breaking news. Massive exculpatory letter uh, coming up from one, another one of uh, Michael Cohen's lawyers. We'll make sure we get it up and put it up in the chat. And uh, so tomorrow morning, uh, Joe, I'm going to talk to you tonight. I want you back. And we got to carve time out and go through this. This is when this age is remembered. It ain't going to be remembered for the Manhattan DA chasing Donald Trump. Trust me, it's not going to be remembered from Jack Smith and another one of these bogus grand juries. It's going to be remembered for this artificial intelligence. I think Gates is right, and we got to come up, start coming up with solutions now. Uh, Joe, how do people get to you? How do they follow you overnight to you back on tomorrow? Well, I got to say, you know, Steve, uh, I, at least there was a little good news brought in there uh, at the end. But uh, so uh, JoeBot.xyz, uh, WarRoom.org, under the Transhumanism tab, article up Mental Jigsaw about the effect of artificial intelligence on the brain, how it manipulates the brain to uh, react with an anthropomorphic response also at j-o-e-b-o-t-x-y-z getter and twitter thank you brother i want to thank the team in memphis tonight very complicated show a lot of in and out so thank the team in memphis great job lindell tv we'll see you back at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning you got a homework assignment uh, birchgold.com slash bannon go get all the information and my writings tonight see you tomorrow morning at 10 War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.